I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Dylan Mulvaney decides to tell us he wants a baby inside of him. The sports world is woke AF, especially Major League Baseball. I'm going to show you just how terrible the deal for the debt ceiling limit increase really is. And oh, by the way, MAGA doesn't forgive or forget. I'm Andrew Coppins. This is Critical Thinking, and it's WTF Wednesday. Ah, yes, folks, had to take a quick sip of my wonderful bourbon-flavored coffee from coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, you can go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING for check- at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. I warned you on Twitter, you had until yesterday to have used an extra 5% off using that code, Critical Thinking, or following the link that I had tweeted out. You can still do that, by the way. You can find that link. <clears throat> over on my uh, Twitter page, I'm at the Coppins Show, as you might be able to see from up here. Anyway, um, you want to visit businesses that are not going to insult you, and we're going to talk about this insulting nature of the Major League Baseball um, woke scolds in sports and all that sort of stuff in a little bit. But before I get into the meat of today's show, yesterday we had a show. I did a show, I should say, Pat still being out. Um, He's feeling better. He's at home, just kind of resting up. Um, Hopefully he'll be here tomorrow if he's feeling better. Um, But if not, we're going to give him the time to heal up and do what he needs to do. Nothing major. Um, So he appreciates your prayers and thoughts. That is 100% true. I have been speaking with him. So keep continuing to do that for him, and, and hopefully he's rested up and healed up. In a way we can go for tomorrow. But as I did yesterday's show, I talked about the disgraceful nature of both sides of what was taking place from the Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump debate following Ron DeSantis deciding to do what? Announce he was running for president. 
And I got a comment on that show yesterday. And by the way, we love your comments, your feedback, your interaction with the show. So I highly encourage it. In fact, if it's good or interesting or worthy of talking about, it might make the show just like this one did. And this one was from at Red Pilled Woman. And she commented and told me that MAGA doesn't forgive or forget. Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence are in the same leaky boat. Now, I get why MAGA Forever would be upset with Mike Pence. I mean, you know, he kind of screwed the pooch when it came to helping Donald Trump navigate a path that was smart when it came to COVID. He has disavowed many of the things of Donald Trump. He, you know, refused to do the bidding of MAGA on January 6th, right? So can I understand why you might disavow him and why you might have some issues with Mike Pence? But what exactly has Ron DeSantis done to the quote-unquote America First movement? What exactly has he done that has taken him away from the MAGA forever ideology, if you will? If you look at what Ron DeSantis is doing, most of this is exactly MAGA, 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 just without the personal BS. That's how I see it. And that may not be how MAGA forever sees it very clearly from this individual. But MAGA doesn't forgive or forget. This is likely coming from somebody who would proclaim a Christian background, correct? Why are you not able to forgive or forget? Here's a question to this individual and to others who feel the same way. If Ron DeSantis wins this primary, are you going to back him? If Donald Trump wins this primary, are you going to demand fealty and everybody must back him? If your answer to question number one is no, but you're going to demand the answer to question number two be yes, you need to look in the mirror. You need a real hard look at your own mortal soul. That's reality, folks. Secondly, Donald Trump is not God. Therefore, per your Christian belief system and my Christian belief system, my Catholic belief system, forgiveness and forgetfulness should exactly be on order. We are called to forgive. But Andrew, God didn't forgive or forget much in the Old Testament. You're right. He sent his only begotten son to earth to die for our sins so that sin may be forgiven, so that we get forgiveness, so that we can give forgiveness of others. If you know anything about your reading of the Old Testament, it is the story arc, if you will, if you want to put it in movie terms or television um, terms, it is the story arc of God's seeking out of and hoping for his people 
to be perfect in his eye. And they're not. So that as time goes on, there's adjustments made. There are ways in which people can seek that forgiveness via burnt offerings and um, thank offerings and all sorts of things, right? All sorts of different ways that God demands forgiveness. God says, yeah, I'm going to forgive or not based off of your humbleness before him, based off of your offerings to him, based off of your true heart. But as we continue on the path throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, we learn different lessons and different ways in which God shows us that we can be forgiven and that we should give forgiveness. And then there are also times in which God's wrath is rather, rather swift and rather just. Absolutely those things happen in the Bible. But who in the hell are you to not give out forgiveness or forgetfulness? Whom died and made you and MAGA forever the one true king? Hint, nobody. Because Donald Trump ain't God. Donald Trump is not part of the Holy Trinity. It's not God, Jesus, and Donald Trump. And the sooner that you learn that humbleness, the better off you're going to be in your own life. Again, that goes for the Ron DeSantis' God crowd too, because those people do exist as well. And furthermore, we can even take it a step further. If you believe any any politician, any human being on the face of this earth today is worthy of your undying love, is worthy of, of the almighty follow off the cliff, you are sadly mistaken, my friends. We are living in times in which it calls for us to understand the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ and God and God's sacrifice of his only begotten son for our sinful nature so that our sins may be forgiven. All right, with that out of the way, um, it is a WTF Wednesday. And I promised you guys yesterday some talk on the debt ceiling limit increase. And this is where we're going to go with this today. Um, Nancy Mace and Chip Roy have both said passionately that they are no votes. Interestingly enough, Thomas Massey, one of the most liberty-minded individuals in the House of Representatives, has said that he is voting yes, and he gave his reasoning as this is the first real chance that we are going to see actual real dollar reductions in federal spending. I'm going to respectfully disagree with this this vote. It's because of whatever else is in this. And look, when you are negotiating something, when you are negotiating to pass a bill, to get it through Congress, to get it passable in the Senate, whatever have you, right? When you are making these negotiations, are you going to get 
all of your things? No. Can you get maybe, I don't know, 50%, 30%? If you're negotiating from a position of strength, do you take 75% and give 25%? I don't know what the, the number is. But what I do know is you don't give up 99% of what you want for the 1% when you have the power. You have not just the power of the purse strings in Congress. You also have the power of the polling showing that people would do what? Blame Joe Biden for not negotiating, for his steadfast just, nope, I'm not doing anything. Could you say, well, I'm going to take the 1% if the 1% was we're going back to pre-COVID levels of spending? I don't know. That's a great place to start. But as Nancy Mace points out, there are some absolute fatal flaws in this debt ceiling limit increase negotiation in this deal that make it untenable in my eyes. So as Nancy Mace points out here, she starts by saying Washington is broken after reading the bill. Twice, I'm voting no on the debt ceiling debacle because playing the D.C. game isn't worth selling out our kids and grandkids. Republicans got outsmarted by a president who can't find his pants. Let's dive in. She is beginning a thread. So let's go ahead and continue diving into the thread here. As Nancy Mace points out, this deal normalizes record high spending started during the pandemic. It sets these historically high spending levels as the baseline for all future spending. The bill then grows government even more each year at about 1%. After factoring in a small cut to discretionary spending over the next two years, we are still talking about $6 trillion more or less in spending because of large increases in spending elsewhere. In other words, it's a wash spending-wise. Interesting. Question for you. Is this a good deal? Again, this is where I think you need to understand this stuff. Is this a good deal? I don't know that it is. I really, really don't know that this is a good deal for the American people. And Mace continues saying, government grew over the past three years. This growth was supposed to be emergency funding only during COVID. During this time, government grew 40% or by $2 trillion from 2019 to 2023. We went from spending just over $4 trillion to spending just over $6 trillion. This deal keeps that record high spending intact and makes it baseline for all spending. Wild. And she's right, by the way. Continuing on, she does note that this bill doesn't actually set a debt limit. Rather, it suspends the debt limit entirely until January 2nd of 2025, and there is no actual amount capping the debt ceiling. Now, I do want to address this one um, real quick for you guys, because why does this happen? Why would they want January 2nd of 2025? The simple answer is, do you want to be fighting this every six months, every eight months, every 10 months until election season is here? Do you want to keep continuing to put this in front of the American people? January 2nd of 2025 is what? After the 2024 election and the day in which what happens? The day in which a new Congress is seated. So they're going to kick the can of discussing a debt limit, putting a real budget together, doing anything that actually helps 
federal spending and reining things in and fiscal conservatism until after the 2024 election. So what happens? Well, guess what? You take it off of the table and then you put in your quote unquote plan, right? And you show the American people, this is what the Republican Party is going to be about. But here's the problem. You have just shown the American people and more importantly, your GOP base that you cannot be trusted. You cannot be trusted. You cannot be trusted. More importantly, you can't be trusted to fight for them. In fact, you would rather fight against them than for them. Now, will people eat this hook, line, and sinker? That's the question because they've done it for 30-plus years. Balance the budget, balance the budget, balance the budget. I've heard it my entire life. And it's only happened, I think, once or twice. And that was under Bill freaking Clinton, in which, by the way, the House GOP used all of their leverage to do something about it. But Nancy Mace continues here. She notes, some say there will be a $2 trillion deficit in six years, but that CBO guesstimate relies on spending caps that do not exist and are not binding in any way in this deal. So again, can you trust them? Here's not. But she continues on. She notes, <clears throat> and only in D.C. is a bill clawing back small amounts of unspent COVID funds considered a cut they tell us this bill is going to cut $41 billion in its first year, about the same amount as the unspent COVID funds. Pretty convenient. Also, not a cut. And on that note, do we really think the states will send back unspent COVID funds, or will they find a way to use the money so they don't have to send it back? And she is dead on on that. But we continue. Pay as you go has some fine print under Section 265. Everyone should read. The OMB director has sole waiver authority to spend it, to spend if it's quote-unquote necessary for program delivery. So that one line wipes out, pay as you go. These words on paper are totally meaningless if you read the fine print. Continuing, a $1.4 billion cut to the IRS doesn't equal $80 billion in cuts to the IRS, nor does it mean we are gutting the IRS or it's 87,000 new hires. Now, um, what she doesn't point out here is that it guts about a thousand of those eighty-seven thousand, or some estimates say seven thousand. I've heard a thousand, but whatever. Allegedly, there will be ten billion cut off the top for twenty twenty-four during the appropriations process, but it is not in the bill. That money can be cut anywhere the IRS decides. Continuing. Work requirements for SNAP moved from age 50 to 54, and student loan forgiveness, uh, EO repeal, that's executive order, by the way, that student loan forgiveness repeal never happened. Not sure why anyone even bothered here. Manchin's carve-out for his pipeline is not germane to the bill. This is just your run-of-the-mill government picking winners and losers in the market and business as usual in Washington. Again, this is all mucked up in the mire of Washington, D.C., and it's BS. And we continue. A continuing resolution at 99% in Section 102 only applies to discretionary and provides ample time for an omnibus should all else fail. While we like the intent here, it's like a penny plan for discretionary. But once again, because of how it is written, it 
is meaningless. In other words, it has no teeth. Fully funds every spending request by the administration. Think about that. This deal. It fully funds everything they asked for, pretty much according to Nancy uh, Nancy Mace. And then finally, she continues. And just a friendly reminder, debt ceilings are about future outlays, about future spending, and how it will be financed. It is not about past spending or past obligations from one administration to another. Let that sink in. As they note, 63% of Americans want Congress to cut spending as part of a debt ceiling deal. This bill doesn't do that. Unacceptable. And she ends like this. Washington is, was, and always will be lousy at responsibly spending your tax dollars. That won't change unless we demand change. So for everybody who has been on the, let's wait and see when it comes to Kevin McCarthy and his speakership. Is he going to walk the walk? Is he going to realize the power that exists in the House Freedom Caucus? Is he going to actually do what he said he was going to do and and how he put all of the rules together, right? Is that all going to happen? The answer by and large is nope, ain't gonna happen. It's the same old, same old, same old from these cats. It absolutely freaking is. That's the reality. And I also want to end this discussion as you think through what was going on with the debt ceiling limit increase and the deal that was struck. And these are the words of Steve Dace. These are not my words, but they are absolutely important words. This thing called America isn't going to come down to the superior plan or the superior ideology. It is going to come down to the superior courage of conviction. Whomever most believes in their cause and truly wants to live it more will prevail, period. So I have a very simple question as we look at this debt ceiling limit increase deal, right? Who has the superior courage of their conviction? Whom does? And more importantly, what is the conviction of the GOP? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Other than power. The problem is when they get that power, they do absolutely nothing for the people that put them in power. And this is a fine example of that. Now, Can Chip Roy and others fight tooth and nail because of rules and because of all the things that Kevin McCarthy gave them to get his almighty speakership? Yeah, they've got they've got um, they've got mechanisms and tools to use. Can they shut this deal down? I don't know. I mean, if Thomas Massey is on board because there's supposedly some sort of weird spending cut. That I'm not really seeing here. If they can get him on board, I, I don't know how you get this done and, and killing this deal. But what I do know is then this becomes an absolute referendum on the power of the conviction of those who have the Jeffersonian rule to basically impeach, right, and basically remove and call for a vote of no confidence, if you will, in the Speaker of the House. And maybe part of Thomas Massey's calculation here is let's let's let this 
sleeping dog lie for a little bit, and then let's go ahead and get somebody who can actually do the work in there. I don't know the calculation. I, I, I just, I'm looking at the things that people like Nancy Mace and Chip Roy, who are oftentimes on opposite ends of many issues, coming together and saying, yeah, hell no. And then I'm looking at Thomas Massey and wondering, what? One of these two things is true, and I'm not sure which one it is. But either way, the Speaker of the House has screwed the American people because he would rather win power and more seats and have more power to do what? And that's the end message here. Again, it is going to come down to the superior courage of conviction, as Steve Dace notes. Whomever most believes in their cause and truly wants to live it more will prevail, period. And with that, folks, I think this is a great transition time to play a little WTF Wednesday. That's right. It is WTF Wednesday. And I cannot think of a more appropriate WTF Wednesday moment than uh, starting us with, well, <clears throat> a dude wanting a baby inside of him. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me. Yeah, that's right, folks. Dylan Mulvaney. No, 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 no. She would be getting me pregnant. So in other words, he's actually just attracted to a trans woman. Because the only way that that would work that she could get you pregnant would be, number one, that, you know, um, she didn't have the bits that would be the womb and you did. And, and that's not what you just said. <clears throat> what? The fire truck. Quite literally, you absolute sicko. You absolute moron. You cannot, will not, ever, and I mean ever, have the ability to carry a baby inside you. It ain't going to happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. And if you even tried it, somehow 50 years down the road, somehow science decides it wants to go full planet of the apes, you wouldn't have the ability to keep that thing alive, that baby alive, that precious life alive. You wouldn't have it because you don't have not just the womb, but you also don't have the chemical makeup, the cellular makeup to be able to do it. You're nuts. You are absolutely sick in the head. Absolutely sick, and you need absolute help. You're not talking about being attracted to an actual woman, by the way. 
you are being you are talking about being attracted to another man presenting as a woman. That would be the only way this situation could possibly even work, and it wouldn't, because you're also a dude. And biologically, nothing's going to change that. Just what in the absolute hell is going on here? Now, I also told you that uh, sports has gone woke AF again, especially because we're at the very cusp of, oh, Pride Month, and, and oh, great. You know, Major League Baseball is going to have to go full Pride and, and all of that wonderful goodness, right? What, what you talking about, Willis? Like, full on, what you talking about? That's where we're at. Because, um, well, ESC, um, Anthony Bass, a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays decided to share some anti-trans um, and pro-boycott of Target and uh, Bud Light thing the other day. And apparently that is an absolute sin against the religion of woke. And I want you to listen to this apology. And then I'm going to talk about what was going on around this situation. But yes, Mr. Bass, a 35-year-old grown-ass man, said this. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I'm truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> I, what million-mouth BS corporate PR speak was that? First of all, did he mean a word of it? No. No, uh, unless he didn't mean the first thing that he said, right? If he if he truly didn't mean to put that Instagram post out there and do all that stuff, right? But within 24 hours of daring to defy the woke gods of Major League Baseball, especially in Canada, folks, woo can't do that in Canada. You cannot think for yourself. You cannot be Christian. You cannot have those beliefs. How freaking dare you? But lest you thought that this was going to be a situation of apology and forget. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the Blue Jays manager, uh, John Snyder, said this, quote, we are not going to pretend like this never happened. We're not going to pretend like this is it's the end and move on. There are definitely more steps that are going to follow. Going to follow what exactly? I, I would, honest to God, love to know where you're going with this. And that's right. You can't just say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I have a different belief system. And I guess, you know, maybe I'll try to not offend all of the fans, you know, I, I'm going to work hard to make sure that I don't offend fans in the future. No. 
the, the resources available to me to educate myself. On what? On what? What do you need education for in this matter? If you truly believe what you were posting on Instagram, and generally speaking, if you were posting on Instagram, I'm going to tell you right now as a person who has a brand, a person who has a business, right? I don't post things unintentionally ever. Everything that I do has intention to it. It has a point, whether that's to attract business or to stand up for something or to do what's right or educate in the business sphere, whatever it is, I'm not doing anything unintentional. These people know that they have brands on Instagram and through social media. They have social media managers. They have people involved with this with their agents. They have people involved within the organization, right? They know exactly what they're doing at all times. They do. And that goes for the John Morant situations and all that sort of stuff. The Blue Jays basically are telling their players, you bend the knee or else. This is what woke corporatism looks like. Bend the knee, think like us on everything all the time, which is ironic for many of these organizations because supposedly diversity, just not a thought, is what they want. And ironically, what makes a lot of the businesses that are startups and stay in business for a very long time successful is diversity of thought, not diversity of just your skin color or orientation or your sexual preferences. No. But the scolding wasn't done here because um, I want you to listen to what the Toronto Sun had to say here. And they this is on the article about his apology. Quote, Bass's dive into hot water began on Monday when the pitcher's Instagram account shared a video from a user whose feed encourages Christians to boycott Target and Budweiser in protest of those companies' support of the LGBTQ plus community. The reaction was rightfully swift and not a good look for the team. Bass and the Jays were subsequently criticized both on social media, social and mainstream media, especially in light of the team's planned celebrations for Pride Month, a worthy initiative by the club. See, one one set of beliefs is unworthy and the other is, according to the woke sports media world. Now, we all know that the Toronto Sun is as woke as they get up in Canada, but did you, do you see what we're talking about here? One set is worthy, the other is not. So, toe the line, bend the knee, or else you're a bigot. That's where we're really going with this. Now, f- from the uh, absolute insanity to standing up, I bring you Major League Baseball pitcher for the Washington Nationals, Jerome Williams. And he decided to have his say on what was going on with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is how you stand up in the face of these bigots. Yes, because they are bigots. And I'm talking about the woke scolds. I'm talking about the sisters of the, the perpetual indulgence and all that crap. 
This is Jerome Williams, a pitcher for the Major League Baseball team, Washington Nationals, saying this. As a devout Catholic, I am deeply troubled by the Dodgers' decision to reinvite and honor the group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, at their Pride Night this year. A Major League Baseball game is a place where people from all walks of life should feel welcomed, something I greatly respect and support. This is the purpose of different themed nights hosted by the organization, including Pride Night, to invite and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be upheld by any organization. Creating an environment in which one group feels celebrated and honored at the expense of another is counterproductive and wrong. It is a clear violation of the Dodgers' discrimination policy, which explicitly states that any conduct or attire at the ballpark that is deemed to be indecent or prejudiced against any particular group or religion is not tolerated. It seems that the Dodgers have made an exception in this case, doubling down from that, uh, doubling down that this group, which grossly disrespects and openly mocks many of the traditions and beliefs that Catholics hold most dear, should be celebrated. I believe it is essential for the Dodgers to reconsider their association with this group and strive to create an inclusive environment that does not demean or disrespect the religious beliefs of any fan or employee. I also encourage my fellow Catholics to reconsider their support of an organization that allows this type of mockery of its fans to occur. I know I am not alone in my frustration, hurt, and disappointment about this situation. As Catholics, we look to Jesus Christ in the way he was treated, and we realize that any suffering in this world unites us to him in the next. Absolute freaking brilliant by Jerome Williams there. Contrast that statement, that power of just the written word to that millie-mouthed BS apology from Mr. Bass of the Toronto Blue Jays. Compare and contrast them. I ask you very simply to do that. What in the absolute hell? Either stand up for what you actually believe in and say, no, I'm not going to apologize. I can say that, yeah, guess what? I happen to believe that everybody should be welcome here at the ballpark. I also believe in my Christian values, and you should respect that as much as I should have to respect that you are a fan of this organization. And furthermore, as Jerome Williams is pointing out, this is actual blatant discrimination. This is actual blatant blasphemy. And and I'm just supposed to sit there and allow that to happen and just take it, right? Because uh, how dare you be a, a practicing Catholic, a practicing Christian in any way, shape, or form. That's insane, folks. Absolutely insane. Now, I will say this to end WTF Wednesday. There's nothing I love more than comeuppance when people get their just desserts. And one of the biggest woke scolds in all of sports happens to be Jalen Rose, the guy who perpetuates the, the racism card all the time on ESPN, claims a moral superiority and intellectual superiority 
all the time on ESPN, right? Showing his ass on live TV. And by that, I mean he went on Celebrity Jeopardy and face planted last night, folks. That's right. He was a part of uh, the quarterfinal round of Celebrity Jeopardy last night. We just happened to tune in. We had some friends over. Um, we we're enjoying the the hot weather um, that we're having. In fact, we reached 90 degrees yesterday here in Chicago. 90 bleeping degrees. That's incredibly hot for this time of year. But anyway, we decided to come back up and turned on Celebrity Jeopardy as background stuff and Notice Jalen Rose was like at $200 while this other guy was at like $36,000. He ended up at negative $1,300 by helping to give this incredible Celebrity Jeopardy moment. This word for a Swedish style buffet comes from words meaning butter and table. Jalen. What is What is buffet? What is buffet? He ended the program at negative $1,300. They gave him $1,000 so he could compete in Final Jeopardy. And then absolutely face-planted. It was, uh, name the headline, um, what the headline was about. And the headline, the clue included 866 uh, retrieved um, big names among the missing. And he had to guess what the event was. Name the event, right? Name the event of, from the headlines. My initial immediate guess was they're talking about the Titanic. That's going to be the Titanic. Jalen Rose's answer was hilariously stupid. Like, absolutely stupid. And then we got the classic Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL moment when the other individual in Celebrity Jeopardy decided to write, what is tit? Now, I'm not kidding you. They really wrote, what is tit? They meant to say Titanic, and they never put the anic after tit. What is Titanic? Ouch, folks, ouch. I couldn't stop laughing because we literally watched the SNL skit Turd Ferguson and uh, Suck It Trebek happen in real life. I couldn't believe I saw that in real life, folks. But Jalen Rose, what is buffet? Oh, my God. And with that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today, and as always, Matthew 547.